Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to another edition of the Practicology Podcast this week for the second episode in the year of our Lord 2022 and for the second installment in our study of some of the spiritual disciplines or as David Mathis has beautifully entitled them in his little book, The Habits of Grace. Yeah, that is a very beautiful title, Matthew. Grace is foundational to our Christian experience, but the freedom we enjoy as sons of God by grace isn't minimized or restricted by the concept of habits or discipline. Remember, the Galatian epistle is an appeal for Christians to be free by the power of the Spirit. But one aspect of the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And self-control goes hand-in-hand with the idea of good habits or spiritual disciplines. In our last installment, Thomas Seal joined us to talk about the discipline of reading and learning. And that episode served as a little precursor to our special lineup for February, which is I Love to Read Month. More on that later. But for this episode, Matthew, you are delving into something that I know is probably going to rub some people the wrong way. You're going to tell us to go to church. Well, I am. But before I tell you that, Mike, why don't you tell us why it could run the risk of grating on the ears of some of our faithful, beloved listeners? Well, even in the secular business world, going to meetings isn't exactly something to always really look forward to. And uh, we can kind of give the impression when we're always talking about going to the meetings of the church that that's really all Christianity is. It's just an endless cycle of going to meetings. And uh, coupled with that can be maybe an impression that comes across that the people who are speaking to us from the pulp and telling us to go to meetings, they, they don't really care about our true inner spirituality. All they care about is that we show up at meeting. That's all Christianity is, show up at meeting. doesn't really matter how you're doing inside, just show up to meeting. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair points for us to consider. So my approach today is going to be a little different than that, I think, I hope. I will touch on that risk of having a focus on external things like that. But instead of just telling you that you should be there, I want us to consider more deeply as to why we should make it a habit of being present with the saints when the church is gathered together. Well, that sounds good, Matthew. So so what's your first reason that gathering with the church should be part of the habit of our lives? Well, one simple thing. I do find it a common thing in the hearts of the Lord's people to want to live out their faith like the early Christians did, like it was in the book of the Acts. And I'm very thankful for that heart desire. That's a beautiful thing. And it was clearly the habit of the early Christians to meet together as a church. It's not the only thing they did, but they did do that. So the first reason to develop the discipline of gathering with the church is that it is the biblical pattern for the church. In fact, the very word church implies a coming together. It is an assembly. And what an assembly does is they assemble, they gather together to worship, to teach the word, to pray, to encourage one another. So 1 Corinthians is written with the assumption that the church meets together. 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen: when you come together as a church. Technically speaking, brothers and sisters, the church isn't something we come to, but something we are part of, and we express that when we come together. Yeah, and it's not only 1 Corinthians that supports that. Acts 2 does as well. And we've heard verses 41 to 42, often many of us, that those early Christians continued steadfastly or devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. There was a consistency that marked those early believers that we should want to emulate. But I'm thinking beyond verse 42 also. Verse 44 adds, And all 
the believers were together, verse 46 says, attending the temple together. Yeah, good points. They were together a lot. And their being together isn't limited to the corporate gatherings of the church, which in those days was still a developing concept. And our being together shouldn't be limited to just the meetings of the church either, but it should include that because that's what the church does in the New Testament. They come together as a church, and we all want to be biblical Christians. A second reason that this should be a part of the habit of our lives is that it is our main expression of our unity around Christ. Our main expression, the main way that we are going to express our unity around Christ. God has made us as embodied creatures. We've been designed in such a way to physically experience life in God's physical world. I'm very thankful for Zoom and internet connections meetings over the past two years because they are better than nothing, but they clearly have their limitations. No one is going to accept a long distance relationship that is restricted to Zoom or FaceTime. That's not ideal for any relationship or any family, and nor should it be for brothers and sisters in a church family. Think about the significance that scripture places upon our physically greeting one another. 1 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians, 1 Peter, they all conclude with greet one another with a holy kiss. And neither a kiss nor a hug nor a handshake is particularly enjoyable over Zoom. But happy, wholesome greetings when we come together, they they remind us that we've been brought into the same family through Christ. Yeah, that's true, Matthew, but some may push back on that and say, hey, you know, in our church, the greetings aren't always very happy and wholesome. Sometimes people are actually avoiding one another. Wouldn't it be better to just stay on Zoom? Well, some may say that. I think you know better than that, though, Mike. I mean, actually, their pushback is a further reason that we should be gathering together physically. Awkward greetings and avoided greetings remind us that there is conflict in our relationship. And we shouldn't be content to let it go on unresolved. That's easy to avoid one another if if we don't come together. And back when we were confined to uh, being connected with one another on Zoom during lockdowns here in Halifax, after we had a time of prayer together and Bible teaching, we'd have a bit of coffee break time, we'd say, you know, and we just chat together. Well, if you didn't want to talk to somebody, you could just sign off before chat time. But when we're meeting in person, you can't just sign off. If there's somebody that you don't want to meet to and you make the effort to avoid them, well, that that very fact reveals a problem that needs to be repaired. So in that case, even the awkwardness associated with the gathering can be a blessing. It's instructive to us. It's pointing out to us that a relationship needs to be improved. Hmm, That's a very solid point, Matthew. And uh, as you're talking about expressing our unity around Christ, My mind goes back to a few episodes we did in October. Uh, Vince Kember shared some great thoughts with us about unity. But also episode 35, Matthew, you you taught us about singing by the seaside. And you gave us that wonderful quote from Martin Luther. At home in my house, there is no warmth or vigor in me. But in the church, when the multitude is gathered together, a fire is kindled in my heart. Amen. Yes, singing together is a fantastic physical expression of our shared joy in Christ. And of course, we also express our unity around Christ when we meet together to keep the Lord's Supper. When we break bread together, we are physically expressing our unity, a unity in Christ, a unity around Christ who dwells in the midst of his gathered people. 
All right, so let me sum up where you've got us to so far. Reason number one to make gathering with the church part of my habit of living, it is the biblical pattern of the New Testament. Reason number two, it is the church's ultimate and regular expression of its unity around Christ. Now, what's reason number three? Reason number three is that it is also for my own spiritual blessing. Where would I be were it not for my local assembly of believers in my life? When we think of the church as a body and we are members of that body, remember these two things. The church needs you and you need the church. And being with the church when the word of God is preached is obviously going to contribute to my spiritual growth, my encouragement, and my preservation. I need that. Mike, in the previous episode, you had Thomas Seal co-hosting with you to talk about the disciplines of reading and learning. And thank you, Thomas, for your good words. And one of the things I really appreciated in that episode 49 was Thomas' point that our learning of God's truth requires teachers. That's the biblical model. And sure, I read books and I've downloaded online messages to listen to and I attend conferences, but I have no doubt that the foundation of truth that I now possess as a base of learning was established in two places, my parents' home and the local church in which I was raised and where I fellowship today. And while a lot of our learning will be gradual and incremental, hard to notice week by week, yet it is that regular diet of teaching in the local church and exposure to the word of God there that will preserve me and instruct me and direct me. I think a phrase that Thomas used was, sola scriptura does not mean solo scriptura. So away with this thinking that I will just do my own reading and search stuff on YouTube and I'll know all there is to know. That's nonsense. We need a community of believers, brothers and sisters, to teach us Gathering with the church is for my own blessing. Being a regular attender will also aid in my preservation because it strengthens accountability within the church. It strengthens accountability. If I am regularly present, then when I am absent, it will be noticeable. It will be conspicuous. Hey, something's wrong. Matthew hasn't uh, been here the last couple of Sundays. If I am haphazard in my attendance, People hardly know whether to reach out or not. Should we contact her? Well, she she hasn't been around for much really over the past few months anyway. I don't want to, maybe she doesn't want us to, to contact her. But if my presence is regular at the meetings of the church, that will strengthen the accountability I have with my brothers and sisters. So see the discipline of gathering with the church, and that's what it is. It's a discipline. It's a habit of life. It's for my own spiritual preservation and blessing. Amen. My spiritual preservation and blessing depends on, I need, as you've said, I need to gather with the church. Okay, well, if reason number three to make gathering with the church one of my spiritual disciplines is that it is for my own spiritual preservation and blessing, I have a suspicion where you are going with reason number four. Meeting together is also an opportunity to encourage others, isn't it? I mean, being part of a local church isn't just about me and what I get out of it, right? Definitely. And a, a relevant text of scripture here, one that was probably already on the minds of some of our listeners, is Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. So as Mike had said, a fourth reason to cultivate the spiritual discipline of gathering with the church is to encourage others. Notice that that text in Hebrews 10 described two categories of people. Some people have the habit 
of neglecting to meet. That's a, that's a bad habit, friends. That's a habit that needs to be broken. But category one, some have the habit of neglecting to meet. Others, category two, are in the habit of, of meeting. No, that's not what it says. They're in the habit of encouraging one another. My friend Nathan in my local church really brought this text to my attention a, a few years ago in a message he gave, and it struck him in his own reading. I hope it will strike you now. The opposite of not meeting isn't just meeting, but it's meeting to encourage one another. This is an explicit reason to come together with the church. In Nathan's message, he asked us, how often do I look for opportunities to encourage other believers when we gather together as a church? Sam Albury says, it's almost impossible to overstate the positive impact we can have if we come to church looking for ways to be an encouragement. Almost impossible to overstate the positive impact we can have if we come to church looking for ways to be an encouragement. Wow. And what I've experienced over the last 12 months in, in my local church is that it's actually really easy to be an encouragement. I mean, I, I can say from my own experience, just the presence of other believers, just other believers showing up with us at meeting, just that is an encouragement to me. Before they've said anything to us, just to see one another is an encouragement. Amen. Amen. And we do need that very much, particularly in these days. And I know people can, I know you can stay home and just download better sermons than you may hear on a regular basis in your local church, but that's not fulfilling your calling to encourage and serve in the local church. Reason one, to gather with the church, it's the biblical model. Reason number two, it is the church's ultimate and regular expression of its unity around Christ. Number three, for my own spiritual preservation and blessing. Number four, to better encourage and to serve others. So the point I'm trying to make today, brothers and sisters, is that the discipline of gathering with the church is not just a mindless duty. It's not just about, well, it certainly isn't about impressing others with how perfect a Christian you are. It's deeper than that. It's more meaningful than that. It is a spiritual thing, a spiritual discipline. It is for my own spiritual preservation and blessing, and it is to encourage others. But while coming to meeting is to encourage others, again, it's not about impressing others. So I said at the beginning, I, I would touch on this, the risk of an external focus. And you brought this to our attention at the very beginning too, Mike. This is the inherent danger I know of focusing a podcast episode on the discipline of attending church. Even though we've tried to make it clear, this is not at all what we're saying. Some still may feel that this teaching equates to saying, well, you're saying all you need to do to be a good Christian is just be at the meetings. You got to be at the meeting. That's not the message today. And I know we do sometimes have a problem with focus on externals. And it's possible if someone is present when the church is gathered and they, they look right and they sound the part that we assume all is well, and we may not have a clue about their walk with the Lord and how they're really doing. Now, Mike, we've gone through almost this whole episode so far without really highlighting the elephant in the room on this subject of gathering together. You know what that is? Are you talking about the COVID elephant? The big, ugly elephant that it is. And to be fair, people are probably wondering how COVID affects all of this talk about gathering together, Matthew. So what would you say to them right now? Yeah, I mean, we're forced to talk about COVID so much almost every day that I didn't want to stuff it into this podcast too and have to qualify every point I'm making with 
something like, now I know COVID makes it challenging, but I do know that COVID makes all of this challenging. Some churches cannot gather right now, or some of us who gather may not be able to sing and function as we normally would. So let me just make two quick statements about it, Mike. Firstly, for those of you facing restrictions right now, see if there are ways, though, that you can safely and legally gather, because it is important for the church to gather together. That's what a church does. Secondly, COVID won't last forever, praise the Lord. And I want the principles we've talked about thus far today to stick with us beyond the pandemic. But coming back to the risk of an external focus, this pandemic has made me wonder at times if we are more addicted to form than to ministering to the saints. Ask yourself that. Leaders in local churches, please ask yourselves that. Are we more addicted to form than we are to actually ministering to the needs of the saints? That's a problem. But our purpose today isn't to push an external form. Admittedly, some of the other habits of grace we're speaking of, like reading and praying and giving, they are more private. This habit of gathering with the church is public. But none of these habits of life are meant to be ends in themselves anyway. They're all steps in the process of growing as a Christian. Being a regular attender and participant in the local church is another helpful habit. It's just one of the disciplines of my Christian life. Listen to this wonderful counsel from J.I. Packer. He says, we are familiar with the thought that our bodies are like machines, needing the right routine of food, rest, and exercise if they are to run efficiently. And if filled up with the wrong fuel, such as alcohol, drugs, and poison, they are liable to seize up. What we are slower to grasp, he says, is that God wishes us to think of our souls in a similar way. We are made to run on the practice of worship, truthfulness, discipline, self-control, and service to God and our fellows. If we abandon these practices, we progressively destroy our own souls. So we're not trying to create an external code for you today, brothers and sisters. We're, we're just wanting to establish and reestablish convictions that serve our inner man well. So let me wrap this up. Hey, I, I, doubt, that anyone, <laughs> I doubt that anyone listening is going to have 100% perfect attendance at their local church for 2022. Maybe you've, <laughs> maybe you've already missed out on that already. Um, but you're not rated or appreciated based on how well you attend. And I don't want to give anyone a guilt trip about not attending either. But I'd like you to remember from what we've said today, there is a biblical and a spiritual basis to our conviction about the value of gathering with the church. It's not a legalistic or fleshly or external or not an artificial basis, I hope, but a spiritual conviction that it is healthy for my household and for me to gather with the church as we are able. Matthew, I'm just <clears throat> sitting here listening to all this and sort of dreaming of what it would look like if every single person who listens to this episode would maybe ask themselves this question, how could I do some little thing to encourage the local church I'm a part of? And, and how, what, what could I do that would make it um, easier and, and more desirable for, for saints in my local church to gather together? And, mm -hmm. and here's one thing that we could do if we just came and smiled, right? If we just came and, and showed kindness and joy and and gave a smile to one another, that could be the little tipping point that helps others join in as well. Yeah, thank you for my, reminding us of joy, Mike. You know, one day soon we will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, 1 Thessalonians 4. 
And that will be a meeting where we will all be present and we will meet together with joy. I'm sure we'll have a smile on our face. In the meantime, let's try to find joy in being together more. David Mathis says, heaven will be more spectacular than we can dream. But it might be surprising to hear that perhaps the best foretaste we can get on this side is with the gathered church worshiping Jesus together. Wonderful, wonderful words, Matthew. A wonderful episode, a wonderful subject. I, I, I do truly love the local church. Well, Matthew, we're going to be coming back next week for another episode on the spiritual disciplines or the habits of grace, and it's going to cover uh, praying and meditating on the Bible. And uh, all of this is leading up to February, as you mentioned at the beginning, I Love to Read Month. We just want to remind our listeners of the reading challenge that we're having. It's to read the book, Key Bible Concepts by David Gooding and John Lennox. Really encourage you to get yourself a copy. Remember in the show notes of an earlier episode, it tells you how you have various options to get your hands on it. And uh, be prepared to, to join us in February. We're going to read through four chapters through the month. And each week, Matthew and I will um, just take some of those doctrines that we're learning about and show you how they can enrich your devotional life, how they can uh, stir up joy in your heart as you walk with the Lord. Thanks, Matthew, for this teaching. My pleasure, Mike. And that was episode 48, everyone, in the show notes there. That's where you can find the... Uh reference to Murderfield Trust in that Key Bible Concepts book, and we hope you do get a copy of it. Thanks so much for listening. May the Lord bless you all today. Yeah, see you at church. Mm-hmm.